Hello, Deha. Welcome to the Flourishing Practitioners Podcast, where we talk all things about space holding, caring for our clients, and succeeding in our businesses. We explore the wisdom from coaches, counselors, and healers. My name's Gabrielle Walker, and I'm so honored that you're here. Let's dive in. These podcasts are a conversation with Jamie Mackey, who is a dear friend of mine, a beautiful sister, Romirami practitioner, consultant for me as well. And we will be talking all things Romirami, Midi Midi, and I'm sure much beyond that as well. Looking at our practice and, and sharing that with you, sort of a raw behind the scenes about the feels. There's a conversation that she facilitated that will be shared on the podcast later I'm not too sure where it'll be in the lineup of all this I'll leave her pathway as a healer and as a woman and how she's landed up here in this moment now because it will be in that discussion part of me is a little bit scared about this because I feel like it's taking away potentially some of the illusion that that people come in with yet I really feel more and more drawn to offering a real picture for practitioners and having these sorts of discussions. Sometimes stepping into a healing path can seem like, oh, it's this this easy thing to do. And it is definitely totally fulfilling and really nourishing and deep. And I would not change my path at all. At the same time, there's some things I've learned along the way that I feel by sharing and talking about openly. Maybe someone out there doesn't have to process in the same way. They don't have to feel the shame of being drawn between different personalities and different type cultures and different different aspects of themselves and different desires than maybe how they learned. So for that reason, I feel really grateful to have met Jamie with me and to be able to share with her these vulnerable moments about our practice hello beloved so i'm sitting here with jamie mackey and we're going to talk today about looking after ourselves energetically and anything that arises from that this is something that comes up a lot as practitioners on our peer-to-peer and our supervision calls and also can be a fear for some people stepping into the healing space about how we cleanse ourselves how we cleanse our homes do you have any thoughts that come to you to mind initially around it at all? I think having the awareness around it coming into this work and knowing that it is an important part in the capacity that we are operating yes. with as uh, Māori healing practitioners in the space of whakanoa, knowing that we won't always get it right and that it is a growing thing as well. As so. we are on our journey what we use as a way to process or to regulate ourselves that may shift in time as well yeah I so agree when I first learned the main things that were like talked about as being like cleansing were karakia and blessing and and making sure you're closed off the body and the different ways that you do a point kopare which are like prayers for people who are Māori <laughs> prayers or cleansing seawater things like that but to me how I see things now those are more like practices and it's more of an energetic that we can hold and, and know so but moving more from like route way of doing things to what do you need what feels right for you what feels right for the, our clients and our file our co-creators and what they 
learn from themselves to give themselves to because it's all very well being told by someone like here's what you need to do but if they don't have the capacity or space in their lives to do that it can sometimes also be a bit heavy Mm. so one of my favorite parts of Māori healing because of the energies that we hold there's a whole vibration from dark to light from soft to heavy and it's almost like you have to expand your energy and your body to be able to to deal with that and hold that and one of the ways that we do that is whakanoa so being neutral sort of the translation but it's like being a bridge between the spiritual and the everyday being able to cleanse and shift and release tapu from that space i have found that in the process of learning what it means over time it's become richer for me in the way that I understand it. I used to think of it very much like I was uh, what I hear um, some people call like an empty vessel or a hollow bone or things like this. But to me, whakunoa is not that at all. There's the energy of love is very present. There's an aspect of holding yourself in the human realm while also giving over to the energy of healing, mm-hmm. what you've learned, the skills that you've developed, also there's also in every single session a little bit of release and trust from the practitioner as well I don't don't know what you think about that yeah absolutely Um, it is unique with each client as well as to sort of what comes through it is actually surprising how we can step into the space of whakanoa despite what we have going on in our lives there's something really amazing about that and it always takes me by surprise that you can still show up and be vulnerable in your own way in terms of what you're navigating and be able to still hold that capacity for other people yeah I so agree because I had always heard that thing before you know like heal or heal thyself and to me when I used to heal it hear, heal it hear it hear it it was like oh well, that means that like I can't practice healing because I know that there's bits inside of me that aren't yet healed or that arise or are triggered or activated but that doesn't make sense to me. But when I came back from, there was a point, I think it was like 2017, and I came back from South Africa, and it was like the lowest I remember. Well, I don't know, recently I've had some pretty heavy times. So that point at that time was the lowest that I remember having been. And I came back in and I could step into sessions. My practice, people were still wanting to connect with me. And the healing practice was really surprised me because I was like, I feel so heavy. Like, why are people connecting, wanting to connect with me? But stepping into that healing space was healing for me. And I know that I did a lot of really powerful, beautiful work at that time. So it sort of showed me like, okay, my human self can have a lot going on. There can be a lot happening there. And I can step into that space and really gift to other people's healing. And actually sometimes that vulnerability makes me more real and makes the session more healing because people can feel me. They can feel my humanness. They're not like, oh, she is this hollow bone where nothing comes through. It's like, oh, shit, like she's human and like, well, but look what happened in the session and that's quite insightful. But I, I definitely am a person who that can sometimes hold myself to these really high standards that probably aren't actually realistic for myself. And, or like a sort of perfectionist it's not even perfectionism because I know it's not perfect but there's a certain way I like to do things and if I can't do that it, I feel shit <laughs> but that standard is often also created from when I'm in my highest energy which I'm not all the time like there's ups and downs and ebbs and flows so a change at the moment in particular I feel like I'm going through is 
going, oh, I want to give my best of what I can give no matter what energy I'm in. And that feels more flowing and more activating in a nice way into the world. So I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think too, in the space of healing and coming in with our vulnerability, knowing that sometimes we will feel a bit triggered or have certain emotions or feelings come up too. So even in that space of whakanoa, uh, there's that learning in it for us as well. And I think especially early on in the first few years of sharing Māori healing, that was something that was really interesting for me was uh, I've tr- I've been a lot more trusting of that process, uh, but in the beginning I definitely found it a little bit harder because things and things would come up in sessions and it would make me feel a certain way or I would feel afterwards like I was still sort of thinking about it for a while and processing. But that's also what I love about our supervision calls and about our community and just having that space as well because. As practitioners, I think it really helps us to process some of the things that we might still be holding for others. I had actually never heard of supervision calls really until I started delving into studying counselling. I'd heard of it in like the psychology space and things, but I didn't even know what it actually entailed. But as soon as I did hear about it, I was like, we need that as healers because we are... We are dealing with the same presentations as psychologists and counsellors. There's people going through the same amount of grief, the same amount of processing of energies. They're just choosing to do it in a somatic way alongside whatever other practices they also have. So we need to understand for our own selves where we sit with those lines and what our triggers and things are as well. The one of one of the supervision has many purposes, but one of the purposes of it is to know what our triggers are and be able to process those so that when we are with clients. It can still be about the clients, but we know, okay, we've got a space to go and process that or to understand that or even to just go, oh, I never even thought of that thing and this happened in a session. How do I move with that? Because I think sometimes as clients, we think our sessions might follow a certain pattern. So we think that that must be like what every single person's session is like and it just isn't. They're so diverse. There's so many different things. Everyone's got so many different lives, so many different truths, so many different histories and you're expanding to hold all of that like whatever comes through the door you don't always know what that's going to be or how you're going to move with that so it's it's quite a it's quite a big space to hold really so I was wondering if there's anything in particular that you do to ground or to process as a healer and it can be even what you did at the beginning and then what you do now and how that's changed whatever comes to mind in the beginning I think I was a bit more structured and a bit more black and white about it but now I feel like it weaves more with my availability in terms of yeah being a mum and having kids and and things like that as well something that's always been present for me has been receiving the modality and feeling for myself how it feels to be a client coming for a session and all the nuances of it all and that's always been a big part of my journey with this as a practitioner has been receiving that because I feel like it's the biggest way for me to continue to hold my capacity as well as other things like making sure I'm getting enough rest. Rest I think is a big one. Surrounding myself with people that are like-minded that I can have conversations with um, that are uplifting 
and that are helpful. Other aligned practitioners. For myself, I love uh, going for bushwalks, so that's something that I tend to always do and exercise and just generally taking care of my house. Uh, you also mentioned how sometimes you note that some some people in the early years of being a healer may step away if they don't feel like they have enough mm. support. What was coming through for you for that? If we aren't noticing the subtle signs of how holding capacity in sessions is impacting us, or if we aren't processing and bringing in that awareness and continuing to ensure that we are in a regulated state or that we are doing our own personal work, it can feel like a lot to hold. So we can come away from sessions feeling a bit burnt out at times. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that can put people up. And I see this more in practitioners that may be working alone and not necessarily have a community of other like-minded people, healers around them that are doing similar work for them to be able to sort of debrief or perhaps they aren't doing certain things for themselves and yeah just sort of reaching that point where they might not feel like it's uh, a viable thing or a sustainable thing to be able to continue to work mm. in the space which is sad because it's it's a gift and you know it's come to us for a reason and to be shared yeah I so vibe with that <laughs> I agree and I think it is actually really harder than uh, many people know to share the work it's a lot more than the session that we're doing it is this cleansing that we're talking about now but there's also like the business stuff the behind the scenes the organizing your family all the washing that comes from having towels making sure we're in a good energy and vibe that we're cleansed collecting less seawater those are only a few things that are coming to mind <laughs> but there's so if I actually sat down and thought of them there would be so many more mm -hmm. so it is a lot of work energetically and organizationally and our empowerment like our own self-worth to even step into the space and going oh yeah I'm going to share as a healer mm. oh, there's so much to it and so many so so many things that we can talk about and I also think that that we were going on about supervision before and I'm going to be stepping into a space of opening up some group supervision for healers I'm not exactly sure how they're going to go yet but I really that is something I've really valued having as a counsellor. But I think that some of the things that we navigate as healers in the spiritual sense can be really different than a counselling sense. But talk therapy and somatic therapy have similar goals, but the, the things we're navigating can be really different because sometimes someone being touched in their body or the different energies that arise go well beyond what someone is presenting and telling you. That with the Romiromi, you can't always hide because the body will show you so we are seeing things and sensing things sometimes even though we don't tap in intentionally but those energies can arise for a person or they may perceive that you're tapping into something so there's a lot of different things that we have to navigate to hold ourselves strong and to know our worth and to know the work that we're doing and to know what we're offering and to be able to offer that with a, heart, a strong heart as well as like dealing with our own stuff and so that's why I think things like supervision can be really helpful to be a good healer and to be a good practitioner in whatever capacity that is. And also to think a little bit, some, I don't know, but sometimes the clinical aspect of supervision can silence some of the voices of some of the spiritual things that we're dealing with as well. So 
the space I hold, I would want to be also accounting for that. Um, but yeah, we will see how that how that goes. Um, I'm also just thinking about along my journey, when I began, I was, I think like you said as well, quite strict with how I did things. And I've actually found with like, okay, I'm going to clear like this and I'm going to follow all this and it has to be like this. But that that also, it, as nice as that was, I suppose, in terms of following rituals, it also felt quite tight in my body because it was like, if I hadn't done something, or by this time it created a lot of stress. And, you know, I, in the beginning I wouldn't, for example, this isn't even on, this isn't on a cleansing space, but I wouldn't put the washing machine on if I was doing the session because it's like they might hear the washing machine, whereas I'm not, now I'm like, nah, I'm putting the washing machine on because then the washing can go out while it's sunny. <laughs> sort of things like, stupid stuff like that, that it, it, it is something that, I suppose, in the, in the best world scenario, like the washing machine wouldn't be going with a session, but in reality, that is what we're balancing. So I see, I see clearing is very similar, where I follow what I need and follow how the energy needs to flow and follow how everyone can be as cleansed. So in a session, I'm following those processes, but for myself, in terms of everything, I'm not like, so-and-so said I have to do this, so I'm going to do that. I'm more like, what do I, What does my body need now? Does it need a poo day, a dip in the ocean? Or does it need a bush walk? Will that be what cleanses it? Do, do I need a sauna, the karakia? Do I need to cleanse my house? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. I'm more that vibe of, of what do I need. And sometimes I have no idea. And sometimes what I need is just to have some fun. Like, actually, oh my God, I've been so focused on being a healer that I forgot Gabrielle. <laughs> so it's it's a, a total range of things. Yeah, I love that point that you've just made about being a healer. And sometimes there can be all these like expectations or things around how we need to present. But there's the element of not allowing that to dim our humanness in our general life and for it to be all-encompassing to the point where we feel like we can't have fun or that we can't live our lives because of this as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in the beginning I uh, would be like, oh, I can't allow myself to do these things because I've got a healing session tomorrow or whatever. But, yeah, there's a very human aspect to it as well and mm. I love the fact that we can flow with it and that it can change over time and as we build our confidence in this space we feel okay with dropping away some of the things that we're adding potential pressure mm. Mm. yeah I so, I so love that I'm just thinking as well about uh, some of the stupid shit I've done over the <laughs> yes because I found it so empowering initially when I did step into being a healer to like oh my god I'm a healer and it was like but I almost like started wearing that vibe of hippie spiritual freeo chick you know you I don't know if you remember but then I was like vegetarian for seven years and I liked that I chose that from my heart but I stayed vegetarian off my heart it was like because I was like oh, but everyone knows me as a vegetarian this is what I am and that that wasn't what my spirit was wanting anymore it, it's like for me I think I find more spirituality and listening to my truth in the moment and everything and sometimes I I think that aspect of what people expect can feel I feel like I let people down because I'm like oh they want me to be this really Māori like poop like manawahine and I am that inside but I'm not I'm actually very not <laughs> like I'm like there's so many aspects and pieces of me and I want to be who I am in the moment I feel for some of my clients especially in the early days because Rumi Rumi was so um 
for me, I guess in the limited, my understanding of it, I was like, oh, it's all about pain. And so I, I, I feel like I hurt people more than I needed to. Even though that is healing, Rominomi is healing and we're going to dive more into this, but the pain bit is healing because you're facing aspects of yourself that other modalities wouldn't go past. It doesn't need to be all that. And I also think there was like sometimes people that were like really staunch, staunch Māori and I, I would like go hardcore on them because I was like, this is what they want. No, they need like support and love and 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 not to say that or not what they whatever they need it differs from person to person but I should still be me and like what I offer and not be just like oh because you're really like presenting as this like hardcore Maori person and I have to I have to then like mana up and I was like no like even just feeling that in my body now I'm like that's not the energy of who I am so why would that be healing to someone to pretend to be a type of Maori person that I'm not so that that's interesting just navigating all those different understandings in my mind of like spirituality and Māori tanga and everything like that to step into a space that's really integrated and genuine and truthful and honest to the moment and what the body and person is needing because we're we're not just one identity either and so the people coming aren't just one identity so what what's required from all the toolkit that we have Thank yous all so much. Um, I feel like I got more mouldy than I said thank yous. <laughs> thank yous all so much. We will be having more of these, so tune in.